0: The Carol Nealon Project for Responsible Journalism aims to strengthen broadcast TV news leadership and improve the quality of news across the country. Now celebrating its 25th anniversary, Nealon Project fellows have included Rashida Jones, the president of MSNBC, and leaders from almost every group and every state in the US. I'm Michael Depp, editor of TV News Check, and this is Talking TV. Today, I'm talking with Joan Barrett, the President and GM of WCNC, and Anzio Williams, the SVP of Diversity, Equity and Inclusion at NBC Universal Local. Both are board members of the Neelan Project, and we'll be talking about how that project is endeavoring to spread best practices across the industry, along with how those practices and techniques have evolved as the news landscape itself has. We'll be right back with that conversation. Talking TV is brought to you by Futuri's Post podcasting system. Last year, US podcasting revenues grew 22% to $1.8 billion. When you compare podcasting with other forms of media, it continues to be one of the fastest growing digital channels. With Post by Futuri, you can add a podcasting element to your local newscasts and tap into that growth opportunity. Learn more about Post at Futurimedia.com slash post for tv Welcome Joan Barrett and Enzio Williams Hello. to Talking TV. Oh, thank you. Joan, who was Carol Nealand and how did this project come
1: so about? Carol was one, uh, a tenacious reporter back in Texas in the day. Lots of stories on... Uh, how Carol worked her way into television reporting. And one of my favorite is, um, I think she had applied for a job a couple of times in Houston. She was a print reporter in Corpus Christi and the news director said, you know, I'll never hire women on this team because their voices are too nagging. And then there was this little EO thing and things happened and oh, Carol got a job as a TV news reporter. Um, And eventually she was the political um, bureau chief for WFAA based in Austin did a lot of really um, tough groundbreaking coverage at the time, um, really leading the way in Texas for which we know is a rich state in politics. Um, And then she wanted to move into management and she started reading management books and learning about it. Um, Eventually, um, Craig Dubow, who was eventually the president of Gannett um, uh, was the GM there. And um, he gave her her first break as as a news director um, that's when I went to work for Carol as a 10 o'clock producer. Um, and she was just ahead of her time. Like she was one of the first people that did the truth tests on, uh, TV ads. You know how we all see that today. You do a truth check to see if they're true or not, uh, on political ads. Um, she was just ahead of her time and so many of the things she did and how she operated and ran a newsroom. Um, unfortunately, Carol was diagnosed with breast cancer in her forties, um, And um, as we got to the end of of her life and journey, um, we got on the phone with her. It was Ann Arnold who ran the TAB in Texas, myself, um, I think Dave McNeely, her husband, was on it, and Carol, and we talked about what could we do after her death because we would raise money and funds as people wanted to reach out. And she said, I really want to start some kind of mid-career training for news directors, people who maybe want to move into it or people who just need that inspiration mid-career to to, to re-engage. And so um, within that first year, we raised by word of mouth about a hundred thousand dollars and we launched the first session that she died in January and we had the first one that fall in Austin. And we've done an average of about two years, some year threes, one or two years one, but um, we're on you know our 25th year and I think we just held our 50th conference.
0: Wow. Anzia, what does the program actually look like for its fellows? Is this a retreat? Is it workshops, both, something else? You know, it
2: is, you could call it a retreat from the sense that you are collaborating with other leaders. Uh, you're collaborating with folks who are in the newsroom just, just like you are, but it's, it's really learning. It's learning, is get a chance to just step away, uh, take a big picture look at, you know, uh, what you are experiencing, how others are experiencing, and then you have these great, wonderful leaders that are right there to give you answers, uh, to give you all the right things to do about it. And when I think about, you know, my foundation and, and you know, and I think about Carol, uh, Carol Neely's teachings is, is really is my foundation for how I was treating people in the newsroom, how I was able to value the people that, that worked for us, how I was able to put them first and know that, you know, journalism was was going to take place on, on a daily basis. But it, uh, so I know I got that almost, you know, 20 years ago. And so even when I walk in now, as a visiting fellow, when I, you know, when I'm having conversations with the board, I could feel Carolyn in the, in, Carolyn in the room. Because she, you could feel a lily in the room. And I would like to think that, When I go back now, you know, I was like, oh, this great program I did in this market, this day program. And then I would like to think that I came up with this great idea myself. And we laugh about this. I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, I got this from Carol. I just gave it the 2020, 2023 version of it. Um,
0: So I know Mm -hmm. other leaders are getting that as well, too. Well, it's nice to think that that someone would have such a, a longstanding legacy as she has. How big of a group do you convene each year and and where do you do it? Is it always uh, in Texas?
1: For the most part, it's been in Austin. Um, We tend to train 18 fellows um, because that's divisive by two and by three. And so you can do work groups in a really nice setting that way. Um, it's about the right size. Uh, Texas Association of Broadcasters is a wonderful host for us. They have a great meeting facility um, and they donate that space to us as part of their um, fiduciary role in the, in the group. We um, we we trans we did one at Scripps. We did one at Media General in Florida, one at uh, Tegna in DC. And we really found Austin is the home. It's just where Carol was. It's kind of where the heart of the project is.
0: Not a bad place to go out at night after. Uh, after
1: a- absolutely, the, the fellows usually enjoy that.
0: Yeah, is this a is this a weekend long kind of event?
1: It starts Wednesday at four. We um, I do an opening session. We have a keynote that night, um, and then we do all day Thursday, Friday, and we wrap up by noon Saturday.
0: Okay, and who pays for this? Is this the project itself paying for the attendees?
1: We pay for the um, uh, everything except, so we do hotel, the trainers, the, you know, all the costs associated with it. The fellows will usually pay for their own flight or get there um, and uh, a meal or two um, in the evenings are on them.
0: And who are the uh, instructors here? Are there instructors or is there some other model in place to facilitate this?
1: For the most part, I, I... been a trainer at 49 of the 50 of them. So I am one of the lead trainers um, with Kevin Benz, um, who um, runs his own uh, consulting and um, training business out of Austin. He is a former fellow um, and former news director. Um, We've had other trainers in the past, but right now we've really built this I would say Kevin and I do a majority of it. And then folks like Anzio come in and take a piece. Michael Fayback with News Post Gazette does a couple of pieces. Um, gosh, help me out, Anzio. We um,
2: yeah, had the panels. We be ready to do the panels with Rashida Jones and, and folks like that. And really, I, I don't consider myself a guest, uh, you know, because I come and learn something every time. So it, it is... Uh, You know, you've heard some things over and over again, but each time it it means something different just where you are in in your in your career. So as much as, you know, yes, I I am there helping others. uh, It it is. uh, I'm also getting something back.
1: We we also brought in a few folks, depending on the topic of the time, like during George Floyd, um, we had someone from Color of Change come in a couple of times and talk to us. Um, We've had someone from a local mosque come in and help us understand the Muslim religion, Um, you know, so kind of also what's going on at the time, if there's something topical that's appropriate, we might also um, uh, add that in.
2: And I was just thinking about this, Michael, in terms of, you know, what's happening right now in the the world and the big story, you know, today with Israel and how Carol's teachings and, and how we're able to continue to spread that it, helps on a regular day, but it really kicks in in the crisis of the moment. It really kicks in when big things are happening and you're able to, you know, kind of rely and and lean on those and lean on these teachings, uh, if you will. And I've been thinking about that a lot just over the last couple of days uh, when we talk about taking care of our, our people, that it's easy to do that knowing you know, that you're taking care of folks is the right thing to do.
0: Does the curriculum or the agenda come together around major news events that might be happening at that moment, or or does it tend to focus more on kind of broader uh, dynamics and themes in the newsroom and then sort of intersects with current things?
1: It's really been stable for the most part over the 25 years, and the cores of it are ethical decision making. How to, how to go about coverage and ethics. What's changed is it was maybe more linear focused and now it's broadened out to talk about internet and social media and, and, and the challenges with those decisions. It's about people, how to manage people, lead people, create a, um, a, a collaborative culture in your newsrooms, push decision-making down, um, empower people in your newsroom, how to coach and give feedback, Um, You know, we talk about put people over product. We talk about Carol's motto, which is it's never the wrong time to do the right thing. And so so that's 90 percent of it. And it's pretty stable. Like in the last couple of years, we're talking more about recruiting and what are some ideas and ways to help you with recruiting. Um, We've done the mosque and you know um a local leader in or so those are small pieces though usually they're you know an hour two hours added into this 90 percent core product which is how to be a good leader how to how to empower your people push decision making down um make ethical decisions that's the core and the heart of kneeling
0: well, this is a very transitional moment for local TV News. I mean, many groups and stations seem to have come to the realization that they cannot just keep doing the same thing again and again and hope to hold on to or gain new viewers. I wonder how that is filtering into the work that's happening at the project now.
2: You know, I um, left the day-to-day of a newsroom three years ago, uh, you know, right in the middle of 2020. And I'm reminded every time I step back into a newsroom, one of the NBC or Telemundo newsrooms, how different things have changed in this three year period of time for our leaders. You know, we used to just worry about what stories we're going to cover today. And then all of a sudden we turned into contract, you know, contact tracers, you know, who has COVID, who was beside who, who was You know, and how, you know, how are you going to count those days that are out there? They sick days or whatever. So it is much more um, a workload on our news leaders. So uh, where I don't think it's a moment, this is all, this has been building up over time. It's just a transitioning with the world. So I think that the things that, you know, from the first Carl Neillan project are even more relevant today. You know, you think about people. We talk about ethics, and we talk about um, you know folks losing confidence in local journalism and other journalism. Well, you know, we've been talking ethics every year. You know, we are reinforcing the ethics is first. So, so I, I like to say that you know kneeling is is uh, is is something that you know we keep looking for this magic bullet that's going to help save journalism. We, we've been doing it here. Um, and, and so I'm thankful that you know the companies I've worked for, including NBC Universal, has we always supported it. Um, and 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 frankly, you know, most of the time when I'm interviewing people, I love to see that they are currently dealing on the resume. That's
0: that
2: that's a star, uh, a, sh- a shield of approval in my book.
0: Given given the focus on ethics. Uh, and and empowering people inside of newsrooms, pu- pulling people up, you know, for, for leaders to empower other people to lead in some ways. Um, one of the big issues that is uh, afflicting newsrooms everywhere is burnout and uh, attrition. And so, you know, you talked a little bit to recruitment before and how that's come up. I wonder how you are engaging those issues now because these leaders are dealing with this you know, day-to-day with people who just find the the profession to be unsustainable. They're leaving after just a couple of years, or they're just opting out altogether and not going from journalism school necessarily into TV news anymore. So how are you tackling those problems in your discussions at the project?
1: I think we do some homework beforehand, and and it's fair to say a a fair percentage are Burned out themselves coming in, right? And thinking about leaving the business. And, and what we hear from them at the end of it, either they tell us or they write to us, is you, re, you re-inspired me, re-engaged me. I I remember why I got onto this, got into the business to begin with. So um, so I do think that's part of it. And and I think what we're trying to do to stem the burnout or the issues in the newsroom is to give the managers tools to be better leaders and managers. You know, to to manage with respect, to give feedback, because what we hear from our people is they they want feedback. That's one of the things they want the most. So we've got to talk to them about their work with specific um, feedback, not just, hey, great story. But why did you like the story and what went well? Let's see more of that. Right. Um, So those are the tools, I think, that in some way, when you when you run a better newsroom and the managers are, um, you know, um, kind and res- respectful and professional and treat people in in this way that we try to talk about at Neland, the, the morale of the newsroom goes up, the retention goes up. People like working in that environment better, you know, being, being respectful of there are mental health issues today. So what are we, we fact, did a breakout group both last sessions on what are we doing to help with mental health, your own personal mental health and your employees, what are some things that we're all doing that we could take from each other?
2: Um, I'm curious John, about one of your, John, one of your uh, you know, my favorite sessions to sit in with yours is it's okay. You know, it's okay not to be Superman. It's okay not to be Superwoman. Uh, it's okay not to have your phone on 24 hours a day. It's okay to be vulnerable with your staff and to let them know why you're going to be gone for a little while. And and I love seeing everybody's eyes because that certainly was not something that I practiced, that I did, that I, you know, as rather the newsroom, but this is also part of the, the, the problem there. So to see and hear Joan do that uh, from a position of a general manager and, you know, running stations, and she tells them it's okay. You, you can see it. You can see them start thinking, okay, okay, all right, somebody's saying this. And, and I admit, I, I did not do a good job of the work life balance. And uh, and so when people always ask me, I can speak from I didn't get it right. Don't be like me perspective.
0: Well, it's good to know that you're addressing this uh, uh, among the station leadership, because uh, this is the subject of actually the previous episode of this podcast was about mental health and, and, and how organizations are trying to start to get a handle on it. First, an acknowledgement of, of the extent to which this job has become unduly stressful and has many people operating daily with, with PTSD and the ways in which organizations might start to respond to that proactively. Um, I, you know, Speaking of that, we're coming to what's likely to be an extremely volatile election year um, with threats to journalism likely to be common again and stress stress fissures in newsrooms are likely to widen. How are you talking with your fellows about managing through those conditions in their newsrooms? I,
1: I think it's really the same principles apply, Michael, right? It's, you know, um, creating mechanisms um, to create relationships and feedback and loops with your team. Um, you know, I I, I tell the story how when I got to one job, um, Nobody felt comfortable coming into the news director's office. They would kind of walk up, lean in like the carpet was hot lava because they didn't want to step in, you know. And um, and so it, it I think all the things we teach go toward that idea of when stress comes up, that they know they can pick up the phone and say, I don't feel safe. And we say that's okay, get out, right? Or that, that they know those things are okay. And if we create that respect and those relationships and those loops of communication as a general practice, when I think temperatures escalate or um those situations, our our staff is better equipped to raise a hand and say, I need help.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about uh, DEI uh, in the discussion here too? Is that, um, is that woven in more more so now than it used to be in, in these discussions in terms of diversifying your personnel, diversifying the subjects that are being covered, being more inclusive of the entire community that a news organization finds itself in?
2: You know, I, I like to say that uh, Carol was using the, the principles of diversity, equity, inclusion before anybody called it DEI you know, when I go back and look at the things that you and I have, have talked about, Michael, where uh, we are able to measure, you know, our, our, our crime content, we're able to measure at our television stations, how we show people of color, you know, in our in our news broadcast, you know, Carl was talking about that, you know, years, years, years ago. So, so, yes, we do include it. It is a thing now. It is important that, and that's part of, Ethics, too. That's part of the responsibility of being a, a news leader is to take a look and see are we being fair, you know, by the communities that, that we're serving? Or if we're only, you know, if they can take a, an assessment of their own newscast and say, whoa, okay, you know, this looks out of whack. Well, then we also give them some principles, okay, how do you also, uh, you know, what steps can you take to make that better?
0: Well, uh, all of this sounds very promising. Carol Nealon certainly sounds like a person to have known. Um, how does one apply to be a fellow? Do you have to have a, hold a certain newsroom position to be eligible? for the, Do you need to be a news director?
1: It, at this point, we're really looking for content leaders. So digital content leaders, news directors. Um, we will also consider... Um, maybe an assistant news director at a at a larger market whose news director has been, um, you know, because we found that it's if if the but everyone's heard it, you know, that helps. And it's it's a good investment of our funds, so to speak, um, uh, use of our dollars, our fundraising dollars. So you just apply. We have one in the fall, typically in September, one in March. Um, the window opens a few months out. Um, I think we asked for a letter of recommendation from either your GM or your corporate VP of news. Um, And um, you know, the class is made up. um, We try to diversify it by market size, by geography. Um, I think this time we had New York and we had Lincoln, Nebraska, which is like market 208 maybe. Right. And I think the the beauty of this is those people will learn from each other all through it, right? It doesn't matter what market size you are. Everyone's learning from each other and from the trainers, and it's very collaborative. It's, you know, people at the end of these, so you, you, I'm sorry, you put your submission in, neelanproject.org, just apply. Um, you know, we we also talk to the groups, um, particularly those that help fund us. Most of the major groups fund us. i still working to get a few more in, um, in the door. Um, we typically don't have more than two from a group, Sometimes one, just so that it's not a Tegna meeting or a Hearst meeting, right? Um, First thing we tell them is you're going to sit by someone you don't know every time you come to a room or a table, and your goal is to have a significant conversation with everyone in this room by the end of the session. And I will tell you, we always give them time at the end of the session to speak, whatever they want to say. And what we hear, Michael, are things like, this was life-changing, I was thinking about leaving the business but I am not I am so inspired. Um you know usually someone cries <laughs> you know because it's it's so moving and powerful. Um and 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 it some of it is about this work life um uh, management. I don't call it balance because it's not a balance right but this work life that we we talk about how to handle that and what what are some ideas some of it's just about them and how they can do these really important jobs you know one of the things I say to them at the end is you know what you do is one of the most important jobs I think because you know local news is it is is part of a thriving democracy. Without a free and vibrant press, we do not have a democracy. And so what we do is a democratic job. It's really, you know, it's it it helps support our democracy. Um, It's so critical. It's protected by the U.S. Constitution. We're the only profession actually protected by the Constitution. You know, so it's really important. Remember that. And here are some tools to help you do it better for yourself and also for the people that work with you and for you.
0: Well, if that's not enticing to apply, I don't know what would be. So uh, thank you very much, Joan Barrett, Anzio Williams, for talking with me today about the Carol Nealon Project for Responsible Journalism. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Michael.
0: Thanks to all of you for watching and listening. You can find past episodes of this video podcast at tvnewscheck.com and on our YouTube channel, where I encourage you to like and subscribe. You can also find an audio version most places that you find podcasts. We are back Most Fridays with a new episode. Thanks for watching this one again. See you next time. Talking TV is available to watch on tvnewscheck.com. You can also watch and subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify.